In this episode, we interview Douglas Carroll, who's an engineer, previously in the U.S. Navy, avid hockey lover, and player, and now pilot for American Airlines. Doug served in the military for 37 years and has been an airline pilot for the last 22 years. Today, we interviewed Doug to ask him about his journey to the flying world, who and what inspired him, how he got there, lots of behind-the-scenes pilot questions, advice for aspiring children, and everything in between. If you'd like to support me further, please go to my Instagram, website, or Patreon and support me there. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, Doug. Thank you for coming on to the podcast today. You know, you're welcome. Um, just before we get started, for the audience members, as you know, this podcast is about careers and everything. Just start us off with like the jazz. You know, what do you do now? You know, who who are you, man? Well, I've had a weird career. I mean, I started out as an electrical engineer, and then went to the Navy pilot, and I was an airline pilot, and I was an engineer again, and then now I'm an airline pilot. So. Just flying around the world, having a good time. Uh, let's. So let's. I like to ask this signature question on the podcast. Okay. So let's imagine you know you're like my age, right? Sixteen, seventeen. You got back from wherever high school or wherever, right? Yeah. You know, you're home. You know what? What are you doing, right? What What are your hobbies? Like, what are you? Are you a studious guy? Are you a big sports guy? You mean when I was in high school? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, oh, I was probably both. I was more. Sportsy, but I had really good grades. So, yeah. So you're the easier. perfect, the perfect student. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know I played all the sports. I led it in every every season through high school. Anything and, uh, you were you were really interested was, in hockey. Hockey was my big sport, and I mean I still play hockey in my sixties now. Hmm. Ice hockey? Or, that's like the only yeah. hockey there is, right? Yeah. Ice. Well, there's field hockey. Field hockey. Yes, ice hockey. Yeah. Ah, I yeah. see. And did you have any, you know, any, like, lingering ideas of what you wanted to do when you are older at that time, at that young age? Or were you, like, did you have, like, what did you want to do? I don't know. I thought, well, I wanted to do something interesting. I really wanted to see the world. That was kind of the big thing. And, see uh, the world? Yeah, you know, see more. I mean, I was an Air Force brat. My dad was an Air Force brat. We had a weird um, career in that. Most of me growing up was only in one spot. We stayed in Colorado the whole time, so I didn't do as much traveling as some other military kids. And mm-hmm. so I felt uh, I wanted to do a little bit more of that. Yeah, so let's just hop right in. Just you know, give us a journey. So what did you first do when you were, so you know? I got a degree in electrical engineering and mm-hmm. then went to work for Texas Instruments. And, uh, you know, I was looking around. There was other things like oil and gas was in those days, back in the early 80s, there were things going on in other parts of the world, and I thought, maybe I'll do the oil and gas side, but that, uh, the money wasn't there as much as electrical, so I went to the text instruments. And so engineering was, was your main thing that you started off with? Yes. And, and what made you decide to do that? You were just like... Well, my dad actually was a, uh, he got his, you know, whatever basic engineering degree he got from West Point, then he got a um, master's in electrical engineering, and then he got a PhD in biomedical engineering and made one of the first artificial hearts back in the early 70s. 
Wow. I was on a team that did that. Yeah. So I was always interested in that sort of thing, the practical side of thinking, you know, building stuff. I always like to build stuff, rip things apart. So I knew that engineering was kind of something I'd want to do, whatever kind of engineering. And I, you know, I like being outside too. Not that that I really did a lot of that with engineering, but <laughs> that was kind of the goal early on. It didn't mm-hmm. end up that way quite so much, but that's what I wanted. And but, so you, uh, yeah, yeah. So my the first job I got was at Texas Instruments. I didn't really know. I got with their government electronics division. I didn't know what was going on, but they had this. There was this new thing that was classified that uh, had these satellites that ran around the Earth. And you could tell exactly where you were. It was GPS, but no one knew what GPS was in those days. And so we did something. We There used to be an airplane that was airborne 24-7 back in the Cold War. Always had with a general or something on board that if Washington, D.C. got blown up, they would run the country from this airplane. And so we were building this box that used this new thing called GPS, and we we're going to measure any nuclear detonation anywhere in the world. So this is the Texas friends. Instruments. Yes. Because <laughs> when I when I think of Texas Instruments, I think of like the calculators. Calculators. Yeah. yeah the, the 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 graphing ones we use for the darn SAT. I I didn't know they do all this stuff. No, uh, well they don't anymore. But in those days they were really big. They built semiconductors back before semiconductors went overseas. Texas Instruments was huge in building the first. You know the most of the semiconductors. And that's where the calculators came from. And they actually had a PC that competed with um, IBM. And wow. that, that so they were it was fun. Yeah, because, you know, MS-DOS was what ran at IBM. TI said, we don't need this new MS, whatever that means. There, we'll make our own TI-DOS. And we'll break this new upstart Microsoft thing. And uh, you know how that turned out. Huh. Wow. <laughs> So that was your that was your first your first run. Did yeah. You, did you like it? I mean, clearly, you know, you you kind of. I yeah. did. It was very cool. You know, it was all fancy or uh, you know futuristic stuff, which I'll kind of come back to later. But the thing is, I was young. I was an athlete. We um, were making a, a PI. We're making all these PR videos. My my division, the rest of the guys, not so much me. We had a specialized sort of secret section but most of the guys built uh missiles and seekers for missiles and so he had all these pr videos of missiles getting shot off jets and blowing things up and i thought you know what maybe i'd rather do that because my dad did it my grandfather was a world war ii pilot and uh, my brother was an air force pilot and uh, i thought you know what i might have made the wrong decision so i said i'm gonna go talk to the air force and the uh, navy and the Marines and see about what they'll give me. Mm-hmm. And they all said, Oh, yeah, you're an engineer and you're an athlete. Get over here. You can have whatever you want. So I, that's I, mean, I yeah, if, if you got both of them, you got the. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I guess when I think of an engineer, I don't really think of a, an athlete. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad thing now, but you, yeah. know, you don't normally combine the two. So you must have been a special yeah. kind. But pretty much all military pilots are that way nowadays. You have to be both. So how? Yeah, I mean, how how is it being being in you know that that that, just that field? Well, that, it's gotta be. That was a blast. My whole Navy career, thirty years of it, was a blast the whole time. Really? Oh yeah, it was fun. So much fun. What? So like, just give us you know, what an average day kind of. I mean, I guess 
not every day obviously was the same, but give us like the yes. most average day you could give. Well, so, you know, we lived on an aircraft carrier and uh, you'd get up around noonish and then uh, you'd go maybe fly in the daytime, fly in the nighttime. You had to keep your night qualification. So we were kind of night owls. We flew at night all the time. So our days were kind of skewed and we would just get up, get shot off the front of the boat, fly around and maybe go hit a target or something and uh, maybe fight our buddies just for the fun of it. And then come back home. So what does that mean, fight your buddies? Like you would like, like obviously so you wouldn't just, like, yeah. Yeah, you dogfight. I mean, it's just bragging rights. It doesn't really, in that we had, um, and they don't do this anymore, but something called Indian country where back behind the boat in between a certain area, basically you had a designated area behind the carrier that, uh, you know, maybe 50 miles away. Where if you went in there, anyone could jump you. So you'd go in there and you'd fight anybody you saw just for the fun of it. Wow. And, so you guys uh, all had your own, uh, what are they called? Why am I, the, the name? Or, yeah, what are those called? What, like, what were they called? A, a call sign, you mean? Yeah, what, yeah, What do yeah. you mean? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, I I can't remember, like, like all those, like, do you have, like, the names and, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's correct. I'm, like, when I think of this, I think of, like, like, I don't know, like Top Gun Maverick. I don't even know if that's even yeah. remotely close or real. Well, it is, it's Have pretty close. That? Have yeah. you seen it? I mean, especially the first one. And even that's pretty hokey, but for a lot of that's pretty close to reality. Mm-hmm. And I bet all those, like, those fights, they're probably not as realistic, you know, as, like, real life. All those, like, Yeah. They did some crazy stuff. Plus, some of those airplanes they had in LA. Did you see the last, the cl- most recent movie? Yeah, I thought the Maverick. I haven't. Se- I actually haven't seen the original. I have to be honest. That's oh, like, okay. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm too young, but I think. But, yeah. Um, no, I mean it was just like, and so you you liked you just liked flying. You just like. Yeah. Well, the it's we had a ground job too. So what I always say it's better than a real job because it's, it's not a real job. We're just going out doing that stuff. But we did have a job. In the Navy is different from the other services in that we owned every squadron owned our own jets. So we had to take care of them. And so we had all the pilots and the and the weapons officers and everything had to be in charge of a group of guys that worked on the jets. And so um, you work your way up. First, I was in charge of the guy who was at first. First, I had to take care of the guys who just went out and put chained it down. And then by the end, I was in charge of all all the jets, you know, when I got very senior. And so, and yeah, so did you, do you remember your first jet and everything? And like, Oh yeah. And how different are, are they like to control? Is it like a big, well, they're all the same. I assume they're all, they're all difficult, obviously to control. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they all have different things. You know, some of like the big transport category, like the airliner I fly today is very different than a, jet you fly off the uh, carrier but it's still basically the same thing and are, yeah, are you, most are most airline pilots do you think originally in the navy you, or you think or are you a special no case? it used to be that way but as of about 10 15 years ago it kind of, it switched over now most are not all the most of the young guys coming in today are not military they're just fresh they, straight there. yeah yeah they went up through the regionals they you know they were instructors with little Cessnas and then worked through the regionals and then made it up to the majors. Yeah, how long is it? To, yeah. That's well, they had yeah, to yeah. go through a lot of training. 
in order to get there. I was going to wonder how, how long, like how much training? It, um, it's very different because it changed, it's changed so rapidly over the last few years. It used to be take you 10 years at least to get to the majors. Now they're making it even faster. The, in the, after September 11th, we call it the lost decade because there were guys that were flying in the regionals for 20 years before they ever got a chance to fly at the majors. And the majors are, you know, American, Delta, United, that kind of thing. The top, like, I think major yeah. leagues. I'm sure it's like the major league right, baseball. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, has, um, I'm curious, actually, one, were your parents always just, like, supportive of, like, what you wanted to do? I like to ask yeah. that, you know. They were, they were completely cool with you, wanting to fly and all that Yeah. Stuff. Well, as I said, my dad flew anyway, so that was so, easy. So, yeah, I mean, he was, he was familiar with that. Yeah. So. But yeah, we could have done anything we ever wanted. As long as, you know, we kept our grades up, growing up, good grades. Don't, you know, we didn't have video games in those days, but don't sit around watching TV all day. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, be a good citizen was the, what they cared about. Now, if you weren't going to go in like any of the things you dabbled in, what would have been like your next choice? You know, if you think like another in another life, what would, what would Doug be doing? You well... Know? Funny, I would do, if you say in another life, I would do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. At least the fly in the Navy stuff. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's, I, I like being outside. I, I mean, maybe doing something like, uh, I don't know, explore, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe like underwater explore or something crazy like that. Underwater. So you really like taking the, the rest. <laughs> The, yeah, just something a little crazy. Are you a big like roller coaster person? I mean, that's probably nothing to you. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was. I'm not anymore. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, do you think? Um, yeah, I don't know. I was, like, I like to ask people, right? And like, this seems like a different case, but a lot of people, you know, they they grow up like on the like past cast, and they don't really know what they want to do, and they yeah. have like a certain event in their life, or some you know some certain thing that happened to them that kind of like really cemented like hey this is what i want to do did you have and i know like your dad you know kind of yeah. like, gradually ingrained in the idea of like flying is cool etc but did you have any certain event that you can think of that you're like wow like that's amazing like or flying or you know like i really want to do this or, or uh, you can't really no i mean it, it was too gradual you, you pegged it in the first place it, mm -hmm. there was no defining moment other than once i after i decided i want to go be an engineer because I wanted to make more money and all that kind of stuff. Then I said, uh, well, here's something. So my dad, um, and this is just why I went in the Navy as opposed to one of the others. Um, my dad used to do experiments on astronauts when he was uh, the, doing the heart stuff. So he would go out on the carriers to catch the astronauts you know, when they'd splash down from Apollo and Suez and all those. And then he was telling me how cool it was to be out on the carrier watching all that stuff up close. And I thought, eh, I'd rather do that than fly off a giant runway. I mean, and that's the closest I can get to answer your question. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's funny. A lot of people don't actually have an event. You know, some people have like some reaffirming events, but a lot of people, uh -huh. a lot, I was a lot of people are influenced by their parents, either in like, they want to do the complete opposite of what like oh, their parents yeah. tell them to do or exactly what, but do you yeah. think, um, yeah, one, do you think technology, is, like, you know, as it's getting better and better and better, has affected the training time, 
and like also like yeah are you ever worried like like it could it could i I don't know anything about flying obviously so i don't know what it takes but do you think it could ever take it like take over like just flying in general like well there's there's plenty of movies and books where that happens but uh-huh. or um i think at some point yes there's we have the capability right now when i work when i went back and did engineering as a consultant again i i got a patent on drone flying you know basically fighting with drones and uh that we can we have the technology today to fly an airliner to fly a fighter to do all of this already the navy's using tankers that are drones so the answer is yes but the question really is will the public allow that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't see that happening anytime in the future they might allow it in cargo or allow one pilot with some guy on the ground monitoring it but other than that it's going to be a very long time before the public will allow that i mean here's what I, i'm i'm also thinking like yeah so one can you give us the gist of what it takes to fly like you need two people right two pilot or like a pilot i don't really know anything well, actually so you don't need to. I mean, in a fighter, there's only one pilot. The first oh, yeah. time I ever flew, yeah, I mean, I always was the only pilot until I got in the airlines. And yeah, so the you airlines move. take take. Well, there's more than one they, they don't have yes, but they don't have to. I mean, I could certainly fly it all by myself, and anybody could. Any airline pilot could fly it all by themselves. But for safety and for backup, you use two. It's. You know, it's traditional. It's back from the days when they used to have three guys in the cockpit. It's, it's uh, I don't know if it's a relic. It is much safer because if I miss something, the other guy will catch it and vice versa. So that, you know, the capabilities there. For it's more people. for like the, the, I don't know what the word is. But I get it. Like, it's not required, but it's like, it's really nice to have. And it's like also yeah. for the public. For the, and so it's you, the regulations. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're yeah. required by regulation. And are, do you guys have to be trained in, like, not maybe martial arts, but, like, how to defend yourself, I'd assume? We, we uh, let me think how to answer this. Because there's certain stuff, uh, even in the airlines, we can't talk about. Got it. Okay. okay. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I'll just no. leave it right there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay, yeah. No, because I was wondering, like, like one, like yeah, for like like I guess a robot or not a robot, like an AI, or whatever. I don't know if it'd be if people would feel more safe, like hey, nothing can like happen physically to this, but also yeah, know, like I don't know, like whatever, hack it so like my people might feel like. So yeah. I wonder, I wonder if I'll see that when I am like you know an, a full adult and like I get on and it's like a big robot voice, like, hey, hey, yes. welcome, welcome. Right, you might, but I, I don't know. That's even that. I think pretty soon. But, um, because right, yeah. the, it's the, the communications, the problem. Right now, I've talked to some Border Patrol guys who have, fly the drones up and down the border, and they lose contact all the time. So it's not so much the technology of driving the, the vehicle, but it's staying in contact with it. So you can just tell it if you get to this far and you're not talking, you go do something else. I mean, that they can program that in, obviously. But you can't watch it necessarily. Do you, by the way, do you ever bring on like I don't know the word I don't know what they're rank, like rookies that like come to just watch the experience or is that not something that really happens? No, you mean in the cockpit? 
Yeah, or just in general. But I always feel like, and obviously these are all movies, so I really don't know. Yeah. But I see like, you know, that little guy, he'll sit in like that like awkward chair and he'll watch like the two guys yeah. like fly and he's like learning or whatever. Does that ever happen yeah. or is that just? No, that's not even allowed. Wow. So why? Okay. Well, the movies clearly have been lying to well, me. There can be an instructor in there, right? like a Czech airman. Every year or every two years, I think someone has to watch me fly a trip. But he's an instructor, so it's not like a new. It's guy. like he he's like checking up on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, have you ever seen that movie like, like Catch Me If You Can? Oh yeah, yeah. How? Yeah. I mean, I bet I heard it like actually happened, but like I mean, it did. That can yeah. It, I was wondering like obviously that cannot happen it, today, but it was just no. Like, that was a long time ago. The September 11th changed everything. I remember before September 11th. Me flying along, the doors wide open. The, cock, the flight attendant comes up, says hello. A kid. So you were an airline pilot before September 11th. As well, yeah, as well. but just for a short time, about not even a year. So and, so, and, this, then, and then, yeah, oh god. Yeah, then yeah. everything changed. So like, like what? You think safety went up ten times, like what it norm, what normally was, or you know? No. Well. Say, what's the question? Safety in general after. Like, do you think oh, it was like, yeah. it, it's well, like 10 times changed? Security more so than security. Safety. Security, security. As a matter of fact, there's another thing going through Congress night now to put in a, a fence in front of the first class galley where they do the food stuff so that to keep people from going up there. Because you know how when you're in first class and you, you can you see the pilot sometimes changing out, going to the bathroom and stuff? Yeah. You ever notice that? Well, they want to put a fence across so that they, no one can even get through there rather than just putting out a cart across. Oh, actually, I mean, I, I think that's a good idea. What is some, yeah, well, yeah. we all support it, but it's expensive. you got to carry it around, you know, the, the airline, so they don't want to yeah. do it. So some other quick questions because this is so interesting. <laughs> I, I know nothing about this, you know. It's like a whole new um, world to me. But um, how, yeah. did, how did COVID affect, you know, all this stuff? Well, it was we in New York. It was more crazy than most because you know it started here and well, it spread from New York, basically yeah. the super spreader events, all that kind of stuff. So New York base shut down. We just stopped flying after you know the late spring of 2020. They said, "You guys go home. Don't come back. We'll pay you anyway." Well, that's and nice. Then, I mean, that's nice. Yeah. It's better than some yeah. other people. Well, then they thought that it was going to last for a lot longer, so they gave these voluntary early retirements. So a lot of people retired early, and then in 2020, beginning of 2022 or whatever, it started coming back. Quit wearing masks, all that kind of stuff. Boom! We now all of a sudden we don't have enough pilots. So it was all of a sudden we have too many. We're getting rid of everybody, and then the next thing you know. Oh my God! We never should have let those guys go. We don't have enough pilots. And, and so, so you they, decided not to do this early. Yeah, retirement. because well, because I wasn't flying. And well, two things: I also wasn't eligible. I was too young. You had to be uh, sixty-three. Uh, and then I think they went to sixty-two, and I just turned sixty-one last year, so I wasn't old wow. anyway. What's the? What do you think the average age of a of a of an airline pilot? Well, that's. A good question because in um, at least in the majors, say pre-COVID, I would say it was fifty. But now post-COVID, when all these guys that were in regionals are all getting sucked up so fast, 
I'll bet it's dropped down to around 35. Wow. People are yeah. young now. Yeah. There's plenty of guys getting hired in their low 20, not low, but mid 20s. So like the, the, guys, the, the fresh these, meat. Yeah. They're going to have long, long careers doing that. And do you think, I mean, like, yeah, just, just asking as like a, as a, what's it called? Like daily life, way of living. How is it being... You know, obviously, you're flying away from your family a lot. And, yeah, and you're you know, sitting a long yeah, time. Yeah, you're it, jumping around. So when I, I do something different than almost everybody else, I bid to be um, on standby and just get a salary. So they just pay me to um, be available. So they call me up and say, hey, we need to come fly, and I will. Most guys have a schedule. I'm going to fly to London on Tuesday, and then I'll fly Paris on Sunday. Whereas I don't know what I'm going to do, but I don't fly as much. Those guys are flying. So it's like a give and take. Yeah. So I fly a lot less and I don't get paid quite as much either, but I don't care. I don't, this way I stay home and I work around the lake, do this kind of mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. or go hiking. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is probably <laughs> more yeah. refreshing then. Right. So how, so an average, you know, one that doesn't do the special standby um how often do you think they actually get to be home well not that much with um so they're gonna be flying probably around 20 to 25 days a month but in between those trips they're home but they'll come home for a night or two in between but still you know so you go on a three-day trip you come home you're home for a night or two you go on another three-day trip you're home for a night or two and you're another three. It's miserable. I couldn't imagine doing it that say, way. Like, that sounds, come on, like, hey, bye. Hey, and, wait, and so right. you fly there, and then do you sleep in like a hotel that the airline would give yeah. you? Yes. You got to sleep there, boom, go, go and then like. Yeah. Yeah. And do you ever hate, I, I don't know, maybe not you, but do you think people ever like dislike their, their co-pilot or whatever it's called? Like, you know, uh, yeah. they're working Well, with? I mean, there's always stories about that. That's in at our airline. It was funny. So when I went to go to the airlines, getting out of the Navy, I interviewed at all of them. I got hired by, you know, pretty much all of them. And at United had the thing that said um, they want to know all these technical details about if you're at this altitude and this happens, what are you supposed to do? And you just answer the question. But at American, I go for the interview and they said, um, the <laughs> interview guy, we just thought we kind of, BS for an hour. And then at the very end, he said, um, Hey, I better ask you some aviation questions. And you're probably too young to get, I'll tell you the questions anyway. But he's the first one was, What was the name of the B 52 pilot in the movie Dr. Strangelove? He basically asked me three movie que- aviation movie questions. And that was the aviation questions because all they cared about was would they want to sit next to you for three days? Wow, that is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I had to fly simulator for them and take tests, all that kind of stuff. So they knew that you knew your stuff. They knew, like, you could but, pass that and you yeah. good. But they wanted to make sure they could, they would want to go on a trip with you for three days. And do, do you appreciate that kind of? Oh, yeah. I thought, all right, this is the place for me. You know, like, hey, that, I like that. <laughs> like, I like, that's yeah. funny. I mean, that's pretty funny. And it's yeah. important. It's probably overlooked, right? But, oh, yeah. You're right. I mean, I mean. And then just, you know, in, so that, that brings me to the question of, you know, I mean, one, are you, are you worried about, because like, you know, many kids, at least 
in my in my class in my grade. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of kids grew up saying like, I want to be a pilot, right, or a firefighter, whatever, police, and then like right now right. people are like, I want to be an influence, like a social media influencer, yes. uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, are you worried about the future of of kids not wanting to be a pilot less and less, or do you think there will always be? There always will be. There always will be that. Those people yeah. that. I see it. Like I have to go to the local airport to do my FAA medical, and I see kids there, and they ask me questions, and it there. It's the pipeline is there. I'm not worried about it at all. Well, I mean that's gotta be that's gotta be nice then to feel like yeah. it's But just another thing about hearing about the personality, you know, because like this podcast is for for kids that are interested. Yeah. In right. careers, what what personality traits do you think are important to to becoming a pilot? You know, in in order to become a pilot, what what do you? Well, think it's here? funny. You have to be assertive, which may go against what I was just talking about with my interview American, but still you have to be assertive yet be able to um, assimilate into whatever's going on and be able to think on your feet. You have to not get all wound up. You can't, when something happens, you have to be able to think about it rather than rationally, rationally. Yeah. Right. So that's the biggest thing is just being able to step back. What we say, um, there's an old saying in aviation that's been around forever that, if you have an emergency, like your engine's on fire, the first thing you should do is sit on your hands. As in, don't do anything. Just take a look at it. Make sure you don't shut down the wrong engine. Make sure you don't, you know, do something stupid. And that's the trait that is most important. If someone just jump, goes crazy. Well, also the rarest trait. I, I don't think there's a lot of people, if they had an engine on fire, could be like, ah, let me sit on my hands. And, <laughs> you know, think about that. I know I'd be I'd be like oh god like oh no like it's over like what do I do you know yeah but it happens so many times in a simulator every nine months you go back to have to do all your emergencies and you get used to it it becomes second nature do they do they oh they like do they like add it in like playing something breaks down oh yeah I you have I have engine failure numerous engine failures and fires and all kinds of stuff. but they're all in the simulator. Yeah. Why? Why? By the way, but why can't you smoke on an airplane? Like I, I know there's probably a reason. I just like I was always, I always used to wonder to myself. This is more of a me question. Well, it's health. It's not. It's got nothing to do with the airplane. In the old days, when I was a kid, you could smoke on an airplane. They had a smoking section. There, all the back half was smoking, and the front half wasn't in those yeah. days. So it's it's just like smoking in a restaurant. It's just the health of the passengers. It's like etiquette, health. Oh, it's not. So yeah. it's not like it'll break anything no 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 oh okay i was always curious about that yeah yeah just you know another thing is there an age where you are not allowed to fly anymore yes so it's when i started it was 60 then in 2007 they changed to 65 and then there's a rumor going on right now that in april it's going to change to 67 but i don't know if that's true right now it's 65 but let's say like so there's no so let's say you're you're 81 years old, but you're like you're darn good. Like you're like yeah. they're not they're not gonna trust you. No, you can fly your own airplane. You can as long as you can pass your FAA medical and your your uh, various check rides, you can keep flying. You just can't fly passengers. So we're in the you know special federal regulation part 121 is what we're under as a passenger carrier. 
And that's what we're talking about is it stops at 65. Mm-hmm. So if you fly cargo or charter, you can fly older than that too. Oh, so but it's almost not live people. That's not, yeah. it's not as well, serious. Well, it's a charter though, you can, and they're live people. Oh, yeah. Like, so you're taking a football team. But um, yeah, so, but in general, it's 65. Yeah, I was wondering, is there lower requirements for flying, let's say, like a private person that wants to take a private jet versus a whole, you know, public Yes. Air? Well, you have the rating. So I have what's called the airline transport pilot, which is the highest rating you can get. But there's um, <laughs> single engine, multi engine, commercial, instrument. There's all these other ratings that you work up the ladder until. You, you can't be an airline pilot without having the rating I have. I mean, we all have it. It's this it's normal mm-hmm. one that we all have. Mm-hmm. But it just takes a while to get it. Yeah, I was wondering, yeah, about like, I guess being private and like, you know, private jets and all that stuff. Yeah, what do you, uh, what do you think of private jets? Do you like the, like the idea and the use of? Well, it's that? pretty common now and those guys are fine. I mean, um, it's, celebrities or more wealthy it's far more common than it used to be we used to see celebrities all the time it's for first class and now we never do because they're all flying those fractionals the private basically private jets and so i know know, like it's like first class is not even like first class anymore first class no flying flying completely by yourself that's what's like considered nice now first class no but right right I mean, is there? I mean, is there like really a significant difference? You think? I've never done like a a full like, you know, somewhere to Asia or a really long flight. But it's first class. You think really a, a difference? Like, it, it, oh, you know. absolutely. Then coach, yeah. yeah. Well, especially I mean, if you're going to Asia or even Europe, you're going to have a lie flat bed. Your 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 seat turns into a bed. You can go to sleep, which you can't do that in the back. Back in coach. Like I coach you like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean that's probably gonna be yeah. Have and have you ever flown your family, or is that something that's not allowed? It is allowed, but no, and it's only because it's such a pain, and you never know what happens. So say I'm gonna go. Well, a couple reasons. I guess the biggest reason is because I never know where I'm gonna go until the day before. So yeah, well that's yeah, that's on your yeah. your your end. Yeah. But even if I knew it, we've talked about it because sometimes, especially when I was going to Europe all the time, I'd know in enough advance. But, you know, we have to get to the hotel room and all that kind of stuff. It's just difficult to the logistics. And we're only there for 24 hours. Then we're going to go back. So it's not really. (laughs) They're not going to be vacation mode. Yeah, so we'd but rather I, just. I was more wondering on like logistically if an air because you know I'm pretty sure like a surgeon or something cannot operate on their own something like yeah. that because it's like you know they're like oh my god right. like it's I don't know if it's the same I mean I know probably like it's not exactly the same but I don't know if it was like something where it's like you're like you might be thinking so much about your family members that you get like yeah where, no there's nothing in, there's no clause in that or anything no that's perfectly all right. And you're allowed to bring your, your family if you wanted to whenever or? If there's room. But post-COVID, uh, there really hasn't been room on the airplanes. To, so when we travel now for vacation, we buy tickets. When we always used to do it, the, the freeway, you know, we were, where we would just get the seats on the airplane. But now they're, the planes are so full, it's so hard to do. 
which is another problem with taking your family with you. You might get somewhere, get to London, come back, and then there's no seats and they're stuck. And, but you have to fly. So right, you, right. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's just sounds, No, that's too much. That's just, yeah. just buy them. But, yeah. um, but anyways, you know, Doug, this has been, this has just been, it's very informative. And honestly, this is, this has been fun. I definitely know myself as, as a kid, I definitely wanted to, to, I, I, well, I, I said I wanted to be a pilot and I said I wanted to be an astronaut. I realize, yeah. you know, I'm probably not the most physically, mentally cut out for either of those. Yeah. Um, you never know. <laughs> but, um, anyways, for, you know, just in general pursuing that, like that kind of like active, you know, hands-on job. You know, what's yeah. your like final advice? I guess you'd give to like kids that are interested in just in general those like those hands-on. You know, those well, out there. then you need to have a, your education in a hands-on thing, like engineering, for example. I mean, um, well, basically that's it. And then you can pretty, in my opinion, you can do almost anything with an undergraduate in engineering, any of the engineering. So you can go to finance or medical school or whatever from there with other. Obviously, medical school, you need to do some other things. But nonetheless, for if you want to do that kind of thing, you need to have that practical uh, education of your brain more than or as much as your hands. And then stay in shape. All right, Doug. I mean, <laughs> thank you so much. This has been, You're welcome. It was fun. This, this has been amazing. I, I've learned so much. and I'm, It's honestly pretty, it's pretty cool that there's so much, there's so much layers, so many layers to this yeah. to this stuff but but thank you thank you You're so welcome. much for for coming on to this i appreciate it a lot and sure yeah, thank you for coming on and ho hopefully hopefully i'll see you soon up in yeah up, in, you know, up on the lake all right thank you doug thank you, thanks Talk to you.